Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll... what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. Just distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Ladies and gentlemen, it is summertime finally here in Pennsylvania, and we are looking forward to that November 2nd cold front where you're in a tree stand early in the morning and that buck of a lifetime walks out in front of you. Well, what are you going to do next? You have to draw your bow. You have to make the perfect shot. You have to send that arrow right through the vitals. But what if your bow's not tuned? What if you haven't been shooting all year? What if you haven't headed down to Williams Archery yet and got your bow tuned and got it shooting right so you can make that shot on November 2nd on a buck of a lifetime? I call that foolish, my friends, because you need to get down to see Ron and Linda Williams at Williams Archery. You need to get in there. You need to get your bow tuned up. You need to get those hands-on lessons. That's what it's going to take, guys. If you want to kill that buck of a lifetime, don't sit on your couch and say, hey, I want to kill big buck. You need to get out and get your bow ready to kill that big buck. You need to go pick up the accessories that you need to kill that big buck. Where do you do it? Williams Archery, of course. I mean, it's the only place around here that I go to. It's my hometown. You know, Edinburgh, PA, that's just down the street from me. I grew up here. That's where I want to be when I have to depend on my bow to kill the buck of a lifetime. So give Ron and Linda Williams a call at 724-667-9660 and let them take care of you. Welcome to episode 49 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me from the softball field for the first time ever, Charles Hedlund. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, man. Episode 49. Oh, baby. Oh, more baby. Big 5-0. little part two action, man. That's right. Clint Casper. Clint In the Casper. house, part two. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is an episode. I mean, we just keep going. We keep rolling with Clint Casper. You get more of the same good Clint Casper. And uh, I'm actually, you know what, I'm out here in the outfield and I just found some 
Shanna Rells, it looks like. I think you're going to find a shed or something. No, they're either <laughs> Shanna Rells or they might be chicken. I was going to say, I mean, it might it might be chicken, though. I don't know. Oh, I'll have to go woods. check that out. Yeah, I might have to go check that out after the game. Gnarly, dude. Check it. Peep it. <laughs> <laughs> Peep it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, man. I can dig it, though. But Clint, man, he's he's back on. He's, he's doing it all over again. It's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's Clint Casper. This is what we, we've been waiting for. I know? agree. This is what we look forward to. All these episodes. In episode 48 and 49, we finally get the guy pinned down in two great episodes. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, man. Let's let's uh, let's get back into it. Yep. Here he is. Having different points that, okay, I got to get to this point. Once I get to that point, I'm going to get to this next point. And it keeps you focused on the task at hand because too many times when adrenaline kicks in and when, you're, when we're pumped up, we lose focus of the small pieces to the big puzzle. And all we're looking at is the big puzzle. So then you rush and you make careless mistakes because all you're thinking about is the end result not how to get there. So for me, it's, okay, I'm going to get my bow off the off the hook when he goes here. When he gets to that scrape, I know he's going to hit that scrape. That's going to give me time to get some ranges. Once he starts moving again, I need to get back to full draw. I know this opening's 27. I know that opening's 34. Depending on which way he goes, I might have to move my slider. Or, you know, there's a series of events that I'm focusing on, the task at hand, to get this buck killed or, or antelope killed or whatever it is. But Playing those little mind games and talking myself through each one calms me down. And it gets me focused on getting to the point of getting this animal killed. Because if you don't trick your mind into looking away from horns or maybe it's just a doe and it's the first animal you've ever, you're, you're trying to kill your first deer with a bow and it's a doe. All you're going to be literally thinking about or worried about is the end result. But if you don't play the little game to trick your mind into refocusing, you're probably going to screw it up because you're going to let adrenaline win. You're going to let nerves win. And, you know, I've always said this. I've said this on podcasts. I've wrote about it. By no means is this me trying to sound or, or be cocky. So a disclaimer right now, right off the rip that this is, this is, do not take this as, Oh, Clint's trying to tell us what a badass he is because it's not, that's not the point. But the mentality of me is, at this stage in, in my bow hunting career, if you let me get back to full draw, I'm going to kill you, period. And it's a shooter mentality. I mean, you, you look at, at, at Kobe, you look at Jordan, you look at guys like that. They wanted the ball in their hands in the final seconds because every time they were in that moment, their mentality was, I will hit a game winner. I want the ball. You've got to have that confidence that if you get back to full draw, you're dead. And that's, that's that shooter mentality. Like in my head, I'm thinking, okay, dude, you come in here and let me get back to full draw. It's over. I'm killing. You. I mean, and, and it's just, it is that mental, that is the mental edge that I have. And it's taken me a long time to get to that point. But now for me, and, and by no means am, am I saying that every time I draw my bow back and shoot at something, I hit it. Cause trust right. me, that's not, it's not the case, but. <laughs> especially out West, <laughs> but we can't all be uh, Brian Barney, man. No, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, but the mentality there is you've got to have that confidence in yourself that, okay, if you let me get back to full draw, I'm fucking killing you. Period. Bottom line, period. And once you can get to that point where you've got that confidence and you've got the, uh, 
you know, everyone's got the ability to make a good shot on a buck and getting killed, but you've got to mentally have that in your head. Okay, dude, go ahead. Walk your big happy ass in here to 27 yards. Let me get back to full draw and see what happens. Like that, that mentality is confidence. And in the moment of truth, confidence is what gets bucks killed. I mean, you've got to have the confidence to, to make a shot and to get a bucks, you know, killed. I mean, that's just, you know, confidence makes the world go round. I mean, if you're coming back to full draw and you're already like, man, I hope I hit this buck. Oh, dude, you're, 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 you are destined for disaster from the start. Like it, it cannot be that way. It's gotta be, you know, all right, you son of a bitch, you let me get back to full draw and you're freaking riding home in my pickup truck. That's bottom line. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And then once you get back to full draw, you've already got it in your head that I'm going to settle this pin. I'm going to freaking anchor. I'm going to start working through this release until the shot breaks. And when this shot breaks, you're dead, period. That's it. That's the only way you can look at it. Doubting and questioning yourself, man, like you've already honestly potentially lost before you've ever even fired a shot. Oh, definitely, dude. And I think that's so important because you can be the best scout in the world. You can find the deer. You can find the buck beds all day. You can get them into your stand consistently one after another. But if you're not confident... And you don't have the ability to like calm yourself down and make that shot. It doesn't matter. And to yep. go full circle on that, to gain confidence is by gaining experience doing it. Absolutely. Like, that, it, yeah, you know, absolutely. that goes all the way back to the beginning. You know, yep. You, that's you, what I mean. You know, shoot groundhogs, shoot does, tur- you know, bow hunt turkeys with your bow. If, if you get a chance to go freaking out west, man, do, do an antelope hunt right off the roof. I mean, go and get experience. And with experience will come, you know, knowledge and, and with, with knowledge is going to come confidence. And then, man, you're, it's like you're prepared and you're, and you're ready for these, you know, these sit. I mean, there's, there's no better teacher than getting your ass kicked. I mean, and, 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 and <laughs> until you're, until you're in the moment and you get your ass kicked, that's when you go back and you're like, all right, man. So here's the deal. That didn't work out. Why? Why did that not work out? And that's, you know, I think, I think at times, like, don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to hear a good success story. Everybody wants to hear, you know, all, you know, how do you kill big bucks or how do you do this or how do you do that? But man, I almost feel like people gain more from hearing about guys' failures and mishaps than they're ever going to hear or or ever going to gain about hearing about how they, how they got something killed just because this is, real world stuff i mean people deal with target panic people deal with buck fever people deal with i want to go hunt spot and stock but i've never really done it like so like what's what's the deal you know like me talking about a buck that i missed and why i missed and and how i corrected it in my opinion gives listeners a hell of a lot more to gain than me just being like yep so shot a giant that was on his way to an oak flat that walked by me at 20 yards and I killed him. Like, ah, that's cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, that's great. That's awesome. But I, you know, I think there's a lot of guys out there that they want answers to these questions. And it's like, dude, my failures are what have led to my success. And I think when guys start to sit back and really think about that, that's, um, you know, that's how the ball bounces. Like everybody wants immediate success. Mm-hmm. They want to start bow hunting. And they want to kill a 150. Yeah. Dude, you, you know how many hours, days, years, time it took me to kill my first, like, legit just Pope and Young with a bow? Just 120. And hell, nowadays, you tell someone you shot a 125 and they're like, oh, what the hell did you shoot that for? Like, people don't even, <laughs> people don't even realize how big 
A one twenty five. Exactly, yes. bro. That's what like, we shoot around here. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, yep. like, like uh, last year, a friend of mine shot. Uh, I don't know. I, we roughed him. He was like a hundred and twenty seven inch straight clean four by four. You know, just, mm. just. I mean, beautiful. a beautiful eight, beautiful. Deer. And I remember guys telling they're like, "The hell did you shoot that for?" I'm like, "You guys realize how big it takes to get an eight point to go a clean eight to go Pope and Young." Well, then they come over to the house and they see this buck and they're like, oh, that's a giant. There ain't no way it's only 127. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we just put a tape on him three times. He's 127. <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, there's no way. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, see, here, this is, this is what's wrong with the world today. People don't realize how big a 150 honestly is. Like a 150 is a freaking It's toad. giant, man. <laughs> yeah. It's giant. A 125 is a freaking toad. Like, I mean, and, 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 and trust me, I get it. Everybody watches the videos and in the outdoor video world today, if you're not killing a booner or bigger, because that is what Mark and Terry Drury are doing. That's what Lee and Tiffany are doing and hats off to them. Good friends of mine. Love seeing them at the shows. But here's the thing, people. Stop basing your hunting off of what they're doing because they have thousands of acres that they're able to manage and they're able to hunt way differently than what any of us are going to do. So their standards are going to be way different. I mean, there's times where literally, I mean, me and Lee will trade back and forth like some, some photos here and there and, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about velvet bucks. Dude, he will let bucks walk this year that I wouldn't let walk 30 years from now. I still, at that point in my career, would not let that deer go by me. That he will not even grab his bow. I mean, just because that's, you know, every year he's got a chance to hunt multiple deer that are going to be 190, 200, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm never going to have that doing hunting how I'm hunting. Never. That's just not, that's just not even fathomable for me. Like, for the rest of my life, you put a 150, 160 in front of me every day on opening day, chances are, unless I have a gem in my pocket that's bigger that year, chances are I'm killing that deer every single year opening day. Like, you want to put no a doubt about year old, it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And like I said, hats off to those guys because they've worked their asses off to, to have the ground that they've got and they, they put all their time and effort into it. They should be shooting deer like that mainstream america now oh man you know we can't if it's not a booner i'm not killing it you realize how long you might wait to even hunt a booner <laughs> yeah i mean I, I mean i've got access to i don't know i mean we farm about 1300 acres and mom and dad own probably you know mom and dad's got about five six hundred that they own i mean dude between public and private i've probably got access to a couple thousand acres easy Right now, as we speak, I've got mm, 11, 12 cameras running. I'm glassing all the time. I might have one buck right now that would flirt with gross boon. Maybe. Maybe. And one. that's impressive, man. Honestly. I mean one. One. In thousands. And, and I'm blessed to have all the ground that I've got access to. Most guys have 100 acres or have 40 acres or have one piece of public they hunt or whatever. Like, I mean, I'm beyond blessed to be able to hunt what I hunt. And my point is that even with me, I potentially have one that's going to be a gross. So like the guy that says, okay, ah, 
I'm only going to shoot a boot. Like I get that, but just remember how hard that honestly yeah. is in the real world. Yeah. And you're in Northeast Ohio too. There's guys that are in States like New York or uh, over here in Pennsylvania or, you know, in the East that there, those bucks don't exist. Oh, in, I was going to say, yeah. In I mean, your I've, area. I've got friends in Pennsylvania that live like over in, in the mountains, you know, and, and they will never see a booner. Right. Never. never. I mean, they might go their whole life. And never see a 170. Yeah. I, I couldn't I mean, agree more, man. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, so it's just like, you know, it's, it's a, it's, you know, people have lost sight a little bit of how big just a Pope and Young buck is. I mean, dude, you get an eight or a 10 to go 120, 130. I mean, it's a freaking good buck. I mean, I don't <laughs> care what anybody says. Like, yeah. you're not going to change my mind on that because I know. How many inches it really, honestly, truly takes to get a deer to go 125, 130. And then you get up into that 150 and over mark, and dude, I mean, that's a stud. That's like a freaking all, tank, man. Yeah, Big. I mean, stud all day. Like, you know, and, and uh, but, yeah, you know, I just, like I said, it, it's, uh, you know, kill what you want to kill and hunt how you want to hunt and do what you want to do. You know, I'm totally all for that. But, um, yeah, man, that climbing the ladder thing, though, that's a big one for me. Like, yeah. man, you know, climb, you know, don't, don't bum rush right into oh i've got to be a big buck hunter because my friends are big buck hunters yeah but your friends might have been hunting for 15 years and you just start i mean they've got a ton of experience a ton of knowledge a ton of screwing up under their belt whereas you don't like you know go go make it fun for yourself don't make it a job and i feel like people that try to compete with others you're making it a job because you're trying to do something that makes someone else happy versus what really, because here's the deal. Most people will say, I'm only going to shoot a 150, but you put a 125 in front of them and they're literally, they can't get their bow drawn back fast enough to shoot it. <laughs> or at all, or at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, I'm just like, man, like I get it. I totally get it. Like, I mean, I, I get it. Everybody wants to kill a 150. I mean, yeah. trust, I, I trust me. I mean, I, it took me years to get that accomplished. Like, dude, I mean, years. <laughs> Like, I mean, it was like, uh, you know, I, I, after I killed my first couple Pope and Youngers, I was just like, God, I want, I want that next level buck. I want a 140, 150, but it's a, it's just a whole nother game, man. Like yeah. you put another year or two on a white tail buck and he goes from three to maybe like five or six whole nother creature, dude, like just a totally different animal. Oh, and, definitely. Definitely. You know, let me relate it to our listeners. If you haven't even slept with your sister's ugly friend yet, and you're trying to get with a prom queen, there's an yeah. issue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and, yeah, it's, and you know, like, a, like I said, you know, I mean, by no means do I want it to come off as me trying to tell people in a negative way that you can't go kill a 150 without having experience because that's not true either. I mean, oh, you can walk into one. Oh, I mean, hell, I mean, the, a kid down the street picked up a bow shot a 140 his first year and he's killed he, he's been killing good ones ever since i mean he literally just jumped into it and boom off off and running i mean and, and i'm not saying that can't happen but a lot of guys that will not be the case and then the frustration sits in and then it's not fun and it's like man you know make it fun it's fun to go out and kill stuff oh I mean, definitely you know be live in that moment uh, of the fun aspect and don't get tangled up into the inches or the, you know, um, oh, it's got to be a mature buck. It's got to be this. It's got to be, man, dude, like freaking six point walks in and he gets your fucking heart racing. 
kill him, dude. Like that's that's what it's all about. I mean, freaking, you know, you're gonna have a freaking great meet. You're gonna have a cool story. You got to kill under your belt. Like, be proud of that shit. Don't. Uh, and 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 that's the thing too. Like you you know you get into the and I mean you guys see it. I see it. You get into the social media wars on you know, oh, you shouldn't have shot that or what'd you shoot that for? And it's just like, man, like, I hate seeing, like, I'm not even going to get on that tangent because it just, like, that shit drives me nuts. Like, Yeah, dude, I've left hunting pages because of it. Oh, it's like, yeah, that, like I'm not going to sit around and, and you listen see, to this stuff. I mean, I see somebody kill something with a bow. I don't care what it is. And I'm like, dude, good for you. Like, yep. any kill with a bow, in my opinion, like there is no such thing as a bad bow kill. Oh, definitely. I mean, Every bow kills a trophy, man. Yeah, said it for I mean, years. Like, that's yeah. I mean, it is like. I mean, I'll never forget the. To this day, I shot a little basket eight over there, close to you guys, on some public in Pennsylvania. I hunted for four or five days in November. Shot my buck here in Ohio. Went over. Went over to Pennsylvania. Shot this little basket. Come back, and my buddies are like, "We don't understand." You just shot a 140 here and you went over there and killed a, a two year old. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I also had to freaking use a canoe, had to hunt off my back, had to figure out what, what this public even had, got my ass kicked for three days, went two and a half days of all day hunting, didn't see a deer. I sat dark till dark Tuesday, Wednesday and part of Thursday before I ever even saw a deer, had a yearling doe come by. The next day, switched locations up, went on, basically went on the other side of this public, this piece of public, had to raft my way in, or, or, or float my way in with this freaking canoe that I had, and I borrowed from my buddy, and this buck come in at like 8 o'clock, and I'm like, yep, and smoked him, <laughs> and they're like, we don't understand, how could that even get you excited? I'm like, how could it get me excited? I'm like, I almost went three fucking days without seeing a deer. I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, dude, that buck looked like a 190 coming through the woods that morning. I mean, I was literally like, I mean, but it was public land. It was me by myself living out of my truck. I'm like, dude, you're, you know, you're coming back to Ohio. And I skull mounted him, put him on this little freaking plaque. And people were like, oh, is that your first buck? I'm like, nah, I killed that a few years ago, Pennsylvania. They're like, <laughs> really i'm like fuck yeah i'm like i worked my dick off for that deer yep yep <laughs> and they're like really and i'm like yeah i'm like made a sweet freaking shot like 37 38 yards freaking quarter away smoked him watched him drop freaking floated him in the canoe back i mean it was just a it was just a badass experience and they're like really and i'm like yeah really and they're like huh and i'm like you know i'm like getting all jacked telling the story and they're like man they're like how when did you kill that i'm like a couple years ago and they're like what and i was like <laughs> yeah and they're like whoa i'm like yep and like that was before you know and, and this was back you know before like the you know uh the, the social media stages and, and and taking a thousand pictures like dude i don't even think i took one picture on that hunt i didn't even have a camera with me i had a flip phone i mean you know this is like probably i don't know i was probably like out of high school you know i was probably like in like my early 20s you know, I mean, it was, it was before there, literally it was just hunting. That's all it was. There was no, I wasn't going to get on the gram and post a photo. Yeah. Like, I wish I would have taken photos. Like, I mean, like, I wish I would have done some cool shit because like, it was cool being in the canoe and floating that deer and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was just a cool experience. Like, you know, but like, it was also cool though, because literally I went over, I hunted, I killed a buck. I was pumped. I was jacked, made a great shot. 
It was on public. I come back. And that was before I had Onyx. I was literally using paper maps. Like, oh, yeah, and, I, and, hmm. and I'm sure, wow. I'm sure there's, there's people right now going to be like, paper maps? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, they make those still? <laughs> yeah, 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 paper maps. Uh, how old are you? 74? Like, you know, but like, I had to do it all on my own. Like, there was no guiding, no help, no, no one to like guide me or help me. It was just, I picked out a spot and I drove over to Pennsylvania and threw all my shit in my truck and was like, I'm going to go kill a deer with my bow. Here we go. And I, and to me, it was, it was a badass. Like it was, it was fun. I mean, that was like the whole point of going over there wasn't, well, it's got to be a 137 with seven inch G3s or I'm not going to kill it. No, it was, I'm going to go over here and kill a buck. That's, that's it. I just, I wanted to say I killed two bucks that year and shot my Ohio buck, came back. And was like, now I'm going to go to public and I'm going to tackle that. And I'm not going to come home to like kill a buck. I had like seven or eight days for season close. So I was just like, you know what? Just going to freaking hunt and see what happens. And, you know, but yeah, I mean, that's still to this day. Like that's one of my like fondest like hunting memories is killing that buck because I mean, I literally was beating my head against the tree after like the third day. Cause I mean, I just could not get into deer. I was getting my ass kicked so bad. It was almost embarrassing to even think about. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, man, I mean, the experience is what it's about. You shot a smaller buck. You're super proud of that buck. That's yeah. what it's about. Oh, yeah. I mean, for all of our PA listeners, Clint Casper, the man who kills giant bucks and, and hunts out West and does everything that's like the cool thing to do right now. He's shooting small bucks in PA. I mean, be happy with what you're, what you're killing. And if you got oh, those yeah. buddies that you're worried about them making fun of you because you shot a small buck, sounds to me like you might need some new hunting buddies. Yeah. Either that oh, or yeah. you're, you're doing it yeah. for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I couldn't agree more with you, Clint. I mean, I know three years ago I shot my first buck with a bow. I've been hunting since I was 12. Three years ago, shot my first buck with a bow in Pennsylvania. The week we were leaving to go on our uh, out-of-state trip, we go to Ohio. One week later, I shoot another buck with my bow. I'm on cloud nine. Neither of those bucks probably topped 110 inches. Yep. But, dude, I was so jacked. I've never shot a buck with my bow. Two bucks within exactly one week of each other on the ground. It was just like popping cherries and having parties. Dude, I was ecstatic. I couldn't have been happier. There was nobody in the world that could have put me down at that moment and told me, hey, man, I don't know why you shot that buck. I probably would oh, have yeah. fist fought him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. right there on the spot, beat the hell out of him because no one was taking my my happiness away. Yeah. It just wasn't oh, happening. Oh, for sure, man. Absolutely. 100%. And that's, and I mean, and don't get me wrong, I love playing the big buck game. I mean, that's, that's what gets me going is that chess match. And I mean, everyone that reads the articles or follows me or you know listens to the podcast i am a i love to pick out particular deer that mm-hmm. i i like to find a buck and put a little freaking check mark on him and follow him around until i get him killed that's just the game that i like to play i mean and but when you go on these out-of-state hunts and it just goes back to natural grassroots of you know what the first buck that comes through that I think is something that is worth my time or gets me pumped, game on. I mean, it's fun to go do those style of hunts, like where it's, you don't know what's going to walk by. You don't know what's coming. You haven't run cameras. You haven't been glass. And it's just, you know, like I hunt Kentucky a lot. And, uh, man, it's fun down there because it's just big woods, big timber, no ag, you know, and you're just relying on, topo maps and and looking for funnels and looking for saddles and and you're just you're hunting these spots and you have no clue what's going to come through i mean it's you know it 
it could be a 150 inch nine point, or it could be a freaking seven point that comes up over the hill that's got a freaking goofy looking rack that's really wide and you know you're just like oh that's a cool looking buck yep that'll work i mean it just you 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 don't know i mean you just you know you're you're on those hunts and it's like there is no bar set there is no well i'm looking for you know pitchfork to come by tonight hopefully he will you know i mean like there is (laughs) no you know uh, you know i hope twin towers comes through at seven like he's been doing like there is no you know like no for particular deer you're after it's just oh hey man let's let's go hunt this spot and yeah you're truly hunting back on what makes you happy and what gets you excited you know that's what you're banking back on it's it's fun that's that's one thing i love about turkey hunting like i'm a i'm a turkey hunting freak i i love i mean usually every year i go to like kansas and nebraska and hunt out you know west and then i move back east i hunt pennsylvania i hunt kentucky i hunt ohio i love chasing birds around with my bow And turkey hunting is so fun because literally, like, for me, like, if I can see a beard, oh, it's a shooter. (laughs) I mean, no, like, I potentially, I mean, I'm, you know, it's been a couple years since I've shot at Jake. But, like, people will be like, you know, oh, yeah, man, you know, um, yeah, I popped over that hill and it was just all Jake's. And I'm like, so how many times did you shoot? And, oh, well, I didn't shoot. They were all Jake's. And I'm like. You didn't fling any arrows? Well, no, they're all Jake's. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, I'm just like, I'm like, Jake's you know, have like, beards, right? Yeah, I'm like, it, like for me, like turkeys, like I don't know. I mean, like it, it, I just like you know the the like the fast pace. Like I don't hunt with a blind, so I run and gun um, with my bow, um, and I basically you know get one located try to get in close maybe you know i don't i i do not i I call but it's a very like i have a very 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 toned down um i guess you'd call it like calling sequence that i'll go through less is more basically is how i hunt turkeys and um you know there's a lot of a lot of places i hunt public and a lot of pressure so if you're out there just freaking singing the turkey fucking tune all the time like you'll never call a bird in because they just, they just know that shit's not real. So I play the run and gun, like spot and stock cat and mouse game of turkeys all the time. And like, dude, you let a Jake walk into me at 30 yards. That's goblin. And, or he's half strut or he comes sneak in. Like, you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, immediately <laughs> switch is flipped. I'm like, yep, you're about to die. <laughs> like, I mean, I just like, like to me, that's fun. Yeah. You know I mean, like, like it's all about the, the, the fun of just trying to get in undetected on those, you know, but I've always said, I've always often wondered this, how long will it be until turkey hunting is well, Earl judging off his spurs. I think he needs another year. I just don't quite think he's ready to be killed this year. We better let him walk. Like, I mean, I hope turkey hunting never goes to that. Dude, I'm not going to kid you, but that has happened this year. A friend of ours had shot a Jake. I mean, he busted his ass. He hunted every day. He was, not sleeping, going straight from work, straight out turkey hunting, busting his ass. He was Bow with hunting? the shotgun, with the shotgun. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Still could not get on birds. You know, he he missed one up in the mountains, a couple bad breaks, and yeah. I mean, it was down to the wire. His very last hunt, and they call in this super Jake that just comes in acting like a, a straight tom, just big bully of a bird. He puts it down. They post a picture. It it. You know, someone else picks up the picture and posts on this forum, and he got all kinds of hate for shooting a Jake. Oh yeah, 
I'm yeah. like, yeah, what are you really? shooting the step fan for? Yeah, I'm like, that's a <laughs> oh, thing yeah. in turkeys? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yep. dude, come on. I shot a Jake this year. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I might have uh, missed the Tom. But <laughs> you know, and don't get me don't get me wrong. I mean, I love killing big ropes and I love big freaking hooks. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. you could throw the, the beards out the window. There's nothing better than getting on an inch and a quarter. Couldn't I've killed agree a couple more. that's Yeah. yeah I've 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 killed a couple that's been in that, you know, push an inch and a half, inch and a half. I mean, I love those big old freaking hooks. But but for me, if I can get within 30, 40 yards with the sharp stick of a legal freaking turkey, especially out of state where I might have two tags on public, let a Jake come in first morning and strut thinking he's a little badass. Yeah, he just come walk, he just come walking right on over here, buddy. We'll see how bad you are when I run this sever right through the front of your freaking chest. <laughs> you know, oh, man. But, but, but there again, though, I mean, that's, you know, like I said, I mean, I just, you know, man, I just, I love to bow hunt and, uh, it's, you know, turkeys are just fun. Cause it's like, for me, I've never, um, I've never got into the, uh, oh, that, that Tom, his beard's only eight or nine inches. I just, that's, that's not quite what I'm looking for. I'm like, oh, you don't want to shoot that one. Okay, hold my beer. Watch me kill him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, what's that? That, that one's not big enough for you. How far is he? Okay, hold on. Let me dial her down. Okay, hold this. <laughs> like, okay, you don't want to kill that, Tom? I will. <laughs> oh, like, man. You know, I mean, I have more fun calling in birds for people or, or getting people on birds than than I actually probably do killing them anymore because I've killed a freaking ton of them. And it's still fun, don't get me wrong, but I get more pumped over seeing somebody get excited because, I mean, people that have never turkey hunted and then you put a, a tom in front of them or even a group of jakes gobbling their faces off at 20 yards like uh, it's exciting i mean turkey hunting is is freaking fun I oh mean, yeah man you know it's it's a, blast, it's, it's a blast like oh yeah like i love it i mean it's i tell people all the time if you think turkey hunting is cool like add 1300 pounds to one of them with a giant set of freaking antlers and go hunt elk screaming in september and literally your life will be mind blown and changed forever like the first bull I ever killed in New Mexico was at seven yards and he come up this little draw and I could see his tips coming and I'm like, Oh my God, he's going to be right in my face. So I get back to full draw. He literally bugled at seven yards facing me. I'm behind this little bush. He, he does not know I'm there. Like the spit and saliva coming out when he was like chuckling and bugling because he ripped off like two right in front of me. I mean, literally, like, it was hitting the bush that I was standing in. That I was like... You were in the splash zone. Yeah, like, I was, I was like, kneeling behind. I was on my knees at bull draw, and this bull just freaking... I mean, he just freaking cuts loose. And there was another bull down below in this drainage that he was bugling back and forth with. And I heard this other bull, this other bull cut, cut loose, and my bull cuts him off. And then the other bull bugles again. So then this freaking bull... Now he's getting pissed. He takes like three steps. Now he's in the wide open. And I actually shot him as he was letting this freaking bugle loose. But like, I'll never forget the first time that he bugled. I mean, literally like had that little bush not been there, he would have drenched me with freaking spit and saliva (laughs) because like, I mean, he was literally that close. Like I could have, you know, literally killed him with a freaking spear and atlatl. I mean, (laughs) like literally... He was seven steps. When I shot him, I buried, buried it right to the fletching. When he took off to run, I had blood literally splattered, like from where I was kneeling 
I could have reached out and touched where the like spots of blood actually landed when he turned into bolt and it it like flung off of what would have been the entry hole. I mean, it was literally feet, a few feet away from me. Like it was nuts, <laughs> wow. dude. It was crazy. But that's that's the first. Yeah, that was in the Gila Mountains in New Mexico. And, oh, the uh, Gila, dude. Oh, oh yeah, I've heard so much about the Gila. Well, what's nuts is my buddy that was with me. He killed literally thirty minutes later. He killed the other bull that was bugling, which was a lot bigger. Mine was mine was just a six by five. Um, mine was a six by five, basically just a satellite bull. Um, but oh, shit, plenty big enough for me. He come up through there, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, yep, that'll work. But my buddy, he killed. I think it was like a three. What the hell was it? Three. It was this big, big, heavy six by six. I think he went mid three forties. Um, dude, that's a solid bull, man. Oh, dude, stud bull. Like, <laughs> that's a stud, stud bull, man. Stud bull, dude. Yeah, yeah, super heavy, big old freaking swords, uh, big old whale tails on the back. Like, oh yeah, dude, stud bull. He killed him like thirty minutes later. This was on our. Fir- it was our uh, first morning, first day in there, dude. We killed two bulls within thirty minutes. They died within like. 300 yards of each other dude that is freaking unheard of yeah like, yeah <laughs> oh my gosh that's freaking it was insane, nuts man. dude it was it was nuts it was nuts probably heard a thousand bugles that morning dude like it was just a we got right into the elk party man and uh yeah he's killed some studs out there my, my buddy's killed um gosh i think that was his third bull out of the gila and i know he's got a 360 a 340 and i think his first one was like a Maybe a 310, 3, 315. Oh, I mean, dude, three like, studs. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, just freaking, yeah. yeah just like, giants. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it was, uh, but yeah, that was, um, that was crazy, dude. Like, that, if, if you think turkey's screaming, if turkey's screaming in your face, gobbling, get you pumped, go get out on an elk hunt and get an elk in front of you that rips loose. And I mean, literally, like, it'll be life changing. <laughs> literally life changing. You'll wish. come home from that trip. You'll come home from that trip and be like, yep, I think I'm going to move to Montana now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I hope so. Honestly, like, I would love to get out west hunting. I've been out west and I mean, probably like, I don't know, five or six states out there, like Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, all those places, like, camping yep. and doing all that fun stuff i have yet to be out there hunting yet yep. but all my family has i'm just like the loser that hasn't got there yet but <laughs> but we are planning a 2020 trip for antelope for in antelope. wyoming yeah we gotta so, get our feet yeah, wet that'd be fun i'd that'd like to fun, get man yeah i'd like to get my feet wet and chase some antelope i i don't know if it's yep. going to be with a gun with or with a bow i'd like to do it with a bow personally uh, i think like you said and listening to you today like that makes so much sense just to get that experience under my belt and kind of get our feet wet and do it but elk is the ultimate goal it's just we did exactly what you're saying We're, we want to go through antelope to get on yeah. elk you yep. know i'd love to go yep. antelope muley elk is what i that's my ultimate goal honestly but yep. we'll see how it goes i mean as of today today and tomorrow in pennsylvania is our elk expo and they're actually drawing tags today and tomorrow for oh, our season wow. okay so you know, how awesome would it be right now if I got the Airtree Elk Season tag on my birthday? That would be pretty dope. So, I, I mean, mean that, that'd be awesome. That be, yeah, because literally you're going to get to hunt a 400-inch bull. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. Dude, there's huge bulls in PA, man. And I got yeah, some oh, preference yeah. points, so hopefully... See, I go out in the spring with Bo Martonic, who you guys yeah. are buddies with. Oh, yeah, I love Bo Martonic. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm like, we... <laughs> oh, yeah. You, uh... 
Yeah, you get me and him together, and it's a it is a complete <laughs> shit show disaster. We uh we hook up a couple times a year, and um I go out there in the spring and hunt for elk sheds and stuff with him. And um I think he's gonna get out here this year, out here to Ohio, and do some some whitey hunting with me. But uh oh, dude, we we covered. Oh man, I was out there for three days this year. I think it was three days. We put on like close to 50 miles. Damn, of, uh, frick, Oh yeah. And then literally like the day after I left, him and his buddy got on some good ones. We didn't get on any elk sheds or no. Yeah, we did. We got on one small one. You found we got one, on a few, yeah. a, a few whiteys, but they got on a stud and his dad or his uncle found a freaking giant match set like three days later. And I was just like, damn, man, I wish I'd have been around to freaking, freaking see those. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, dude, just some giant bulls. Total giants. Giant bulls, but, the Great uh, American Outdoor Show had some sheds that were found in PA yep. that were just yep. stupid. Dude, uh, it was like I mean, 470 inches or ridiculous. something like that. Ridiculous. And that was PA. Yeah. Like, yep. Dude. Yeah. Stud bulls, man. But that would be For sure. awesome. But That would be awesome. Yeah. You never oh, know. Yeah. yeah, dude. Elks, elks, yeah, it's, it's fun. All that stuff's fun. You just, you get to see so much country. And it's just such a different experience. I mean, like I tell people all the time, I mean, three fourths of the fun for me is just seeing like that part of the world. Cause it's just so different from back here in Ohio, Pennsylvania. I mean, it's just a totally different world you're living in. I like, couldn't agree more, man. I freaking love it out there. And it's mean, probably you know, been like two or three years since I've been there, but it's just always in the back of my mind getting back uh, out there. Like my parents go every year still and yeah. it's just. Yeah, man, it's a whole like, new world. Oh yeah, like I can't wait till you know the boys are a little older and I can freaking do some trips with them and and do some different stuff, you know, some scouting trips and just some camping trips and just some different stuff with those guys. Dude, I can only imagine your your boys are going to be like freaking slayers, dude. <laughs> There'll be a couple of little Easton, badasses. <laughs> Easton, uh, he's my oldest, and he uh, he's really getting into like checking cameras and and you know and. And looking for deer, you know, and glassing. And so the other day he was at my mom, my dad's, I was at work and, and, uh, I got back and come over to pick him up, you know, and I'm loading up Keaton and, and he's my youngest. I'm loading him up in his car seat, you know, and he's asleep and Easton comes around backside of the truck and he's got this, he's got a, a, a play set, like a swing set outside. It's like a, like a small little cabin looking like deal with like a slide and it's got like a little, it's got like a little loft on top that, you know, uh, my mom and dad bought these, it's like a fake big pair of like binoculars, like kids binoculars that you like mount on it. So then he can act like he's got, he's in like a lookout tower. Well, he had my mom unscrew these. So he comes around the backside of the truck and he's got these binoculars. He's like, Hey, he's like, we got to go look for big bucks tonight. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you, I'm like, how'd you break that off? And he's like, I didn't. He's like, I had mama unscrew it. He's like, I got my binoculars ready. He's like, I'm ready to go. He's like, we need to leave Keaton here. So we can go look for bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like, we, so I'm like, well, you know, he, he wanted, cause, you know, I never take the little guy usually, you know, usually with us, obviously, because, you know, he's so little. So, oh yeah, he was like all hell bent. He's like, he's like, I got my big, I got my big binoculars because I always call, you know, I got a big set of Mavens 11 by 45s that I run. And I'll put those on a tripod because they're easier for him to look through than my spotter. How do you like Just, those Mavens, by the way? Oh, dude. Love them. Love them. Dude, I've been so interested in those, and I've been running loopholes for a long time. Love and I them. like they, them, but I'm really sent, interested in those. 
They sent me the 11 by 45s and that new S2 splatter that only weighs like 32 ounces. So I'm yeah. going to run both. I'm going to run both of those this year on all my, uh, all my hunts. But see, I ran last few years. I was running, um, 12 by 50 Razor HD Vortex and really liked them. Oh, um, Vortex are great optics. Yep. I, I pretty much ran them. Um, they were in my, my bino harness all the time. I mean, that's what I used out west, whitetail season. Turkey hunting, I mean, it's, it's, it's overkill for that stuff, but I mean, there was no reason for me to switch them. I mean, I, I, you know, and these mavens, dude, for the money price point wise, um, and I mean, by no means am I, I mean, I'm not getting no kickback. I'm not getting freaking paid by maven or anything. I mean, I get to test gear and I get to, you know, use product and stuff and whatnot from companies and shit, but by no means am I going to get paid for what I'm about to say by any means. This is just strictly my own assessment. You could throw them on a tripod beside Swarovski and Zeiss and honestly not notice much of a difference. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they are about, I would say for the money. I don't know if you could beat me for the money. Okay. Now, if you are the guy that can buy a spotter for four grand, uh, so, yeah. I mean, Swarovski is, I mean, that, that, that is, that is the standard. Yes. But you'll have $3,900 in that spotter. You know, I mean, it's just. I mean, that could pay for an elk trip. (laughs) Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, for weight, for what I do, the backpack hunts, backcountry where, where weight is a big deal because it's, you know, ounces equal pounds and pounds are freaking what kills you in the high altitude in the high country. Exactly. That, that S2, it's a 12 by 27. Um, you put that thing on a tripod, uh, in conjunction with those 11 by 45s or just run the 11 by 45s on a freaking tripod. Oh, dude, the, the, the crisp, like they're so crisp and the light gathering is so good on those that, I mean, honestly, I don't even know. Man, a, a guy could probably just run those 11 by 45s and not even bring a spotter. I mean, yeah. they're now, now, if you're at the level where you're going to be counting inches or you want to know, for sure how big a, this muley buck is bedded at two miles, then yeah, you, you'd you want your spotter. But I potentially will probably run those binos on my tripod and do a ton of glassing with that. And then once I pick a buck or a bull out, throw the spotter on and get some good phone, phone scope footage of him, really pick him apart, try to see what other animals are close by him, you know, but I guarantee you, dude, I'll run those 11 by 45s a ton on that tripod. I mean, they're just, I was blown away when they sent those to me when I first got them out and started using them. Um, I mean, I knew that I've seen them. I mean, Bo, Bo's had them for the last couple of years. And I mean, I mean, I've used them and I mean, I've always known, oh yeah, these are freaking good. And I mean, they're going to be, they're that next up and coming company that honestly is going to really take. The, the optic world by storm once people realize how good they really are. Um, once I got to actually use them and start glassing with them and, and really, really like picking apart country, looking for whitetails and stuff around here with them. Yeah, dude, they are freaking legit. Like if you can get your hands on some of those, man, like there is no doubt in my mind, you will be satisfied for sure. Yeah, well, and it goes a long way too when you're hunting out west, and like you said, you're looking for a particular animal that you need to oh, dude, see detail on. Yeah, glass, yeah, like like no offense. I mean, you can run a hundred dollar pair of Bushnell ten by forty twos 
nothing against Bushnell, but you can run them here in Ohio or PA, and and that would be okay. Yep. Because I run Bushnell. you're looking at a you're looking at a couple hundred yards. Yeah. Out west, you would literally burn your eyes out after day one looking through that glass. Yeah. I mean, because there's days where I might sit on a vantage point all day and move around in a circle, glass in north slope, south slope, you know, move a hundred yards, just trying to get different angles off of different vantage points. I might spend six, seven hours be- literally looking through glass. If you don't have the best glass you can afford, you literally will burn your eyes out. I mean, and if you can't glass out there, you're in trouble because if you think you're just going to pick stuff out with the naked eye or you're just going to stumble into stuff, that's not how that game works out there. I mean, you've, you've got to be able to glass. And if you yeah. can't glass effectively and you can't do it without having your eyes burn out or water or you start getting double vision, like, you know, I mean, not all glass is created equal. And as most people know, you know, the better the glass, the easier the strain is on your eyes. The, the out west deal, you, you know, you're better off to have the most expensive pair of binos you can afford and no spotter than to have just an average pair of binoculars and an average spotter. Because literally, you'll be able to sit behind that good pair of binoculars longer and better and, and glass better than you ever will with just, you know, a, a spotter and a binocular set that's lower quality, lower grade. I mean, it's, you know, and, for low light and stuff, man, a lot of times out west, like that first 30, 40 minutes and the last 30, 40, some of those big bucks and big bulls, dude, like that's, that's honestly the only time you're going to actually find. Sometimes that's, that's all those big bucks or bulls are going to give you, um, is the opportunity to find them then. And then you got to kind of keep track of them as they go to bed and whatnot. So it's like without good optics, man, it's, uh, it definitely makes it tough out there. But yeah, dude, Maven is, uh, I'm going to be doing a big review for them coming up. On the binos and that um, that new spotter they got, um, I'll probably post it on um, social media and then um, you know do something with them for their website or something. But uh, yeah, dude, it's I am thoroughly, thoroughly like I was impressed when they first come out and I saw their stuff at the Great American Outdoor Show um, a couple of years ago. And now that I've actually got to really run them, oh yeah, dude, they're uh, they're legit, no doubt. Dude, that is awesome, man. Now, Clint, we're running a little close on time here. Yep, but. For those people that want to find you on social media and stuff like that, can you let them know where they can find you? Yeah, so Casper Clint, uh, my last name and my first name, all one, all together. Casper Clint um, on Instagram, uh, Facebook's just Clint Casper. Like I said, I mean, writing wise, you know, Petersons and Deer and Deer Hunting and Bow Hunter, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal. Um, do a ton of stuff with with uh, with my buddies over at Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Um, do a lot of blog work for them. Um, camo collar blog, do a bunch of stuff with, uh, Bo over at, uh, East meets West and his blog. Um, I'm kind of, I've been called the, the podcast whore. I'm, I'm kind of all <laughs> over the place. I'm, I mean, you know, I, I like doing them. They're fun. I love jumping on, you know, East coast bow hunting podcast. Eastman's elevated with my, my buddy, Brian Barney, you know, uh, where to hunt, you know, I'm, I'm kind of all over the map, man. It's, it's fun to, you know, it's fun to get asked to come on and, uh, you know, meet everybody and talk to guys. And it's fun to see them at shows and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I kind of float all around, man. It's just, I love to talk, uh, talk bow hunting and, and love to, uh, you know, chit chat with like-minded guys and shit. So, uh, and it gives me a reason to crack open a bush light at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday <laughs> like today. So I mean, boy. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, think we covered. I mean, realis- <laughs> I mean, realistically, 
I can't be me and I can't podcast like me if I don't have a bush light. I just, exactly. that's just not, that's just, I won't be able to operate, you know, but <laughs> I thought I'd show up today with a coffee or an energy drink, coffee and. Yeah. I walk in, I get immediately twisted tea right in the face, chug it, and bush light from there on out. And it's like... And we got a right. stack of them sitting here, bro. It, it's Clint <laughs> Casper Saturday. I understand what's going on here. That's I a new guess. hashtag, by the way. Clint Casper Saturdays. <laughs> Clint Casper. Oh, Saturdays are for Clint Casper, not the boys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But Hell dude, yeah, yes. yeah, man. We, I mean, we probably didn't cover a single thing that I wanted to talk to you about on early season or summer scouting. And this is the best way I've ever seen this episode going. You know, I've been waiting to have you on, Clint, for a long time. Love your stuff. Love what you do, man. And we got to have you back on and talk some real whitetail tactics and really dive deep because you are. You know, an unbelievable knowledge when it comes to that kind of stuff with playing the wind and buck betting and everything else. So we'll get you back on again, man, and we'll we'll have you on and maybe chat some some good knowledge as well. Yeah, I know, man. I I appreciate the kind words and support, and uh, yeah, man, I uh, I enjoy coming on. It was uh, it's you know, you never know how they're gonna go. You you have like a okay, I've got like a, a plan of attack on what we want to talk about. And then you get on and everybody starts talking and it's like, you're like, wait a minute, man, we didn't really cover anything I wanted to cover on this. Yep. <laughs> but, but, and I don't care. <laughs> yep. No shit. Yeah, given. no, man, I'll uh, definitely get back on. And uh, yeah, we can, uh, I guess we'll have to follow like a strict rule a rule book for ourselves we'll have to say okay you know we're negative we're, oh yeah that, that'd be doing you an injustice <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's where that's where i was going with that i was gonna be like yeah it's a strict rule but yeah we'll throw that that thought out the window but <laughs> yeah no uh the uh you know <clears throat> i know it's getting close and, and guys are getting all you know guys are getting geared up you know velvet will be coming off here before long and, and different things and whatnot and uh yeah, it's a fun time of year, man. There's definitely, uh, just real quick. I mean, if I was to throw just a little tidbit of advice out there, I mean, if you're not focused on patterns yet, or you're not looking at trying to figure patterns out now would be the time. Um, I've had a ton of guys message me lately about trail cam photos and how to dissect those. And, um, best, you know, best two cents I can throw out there. Or what I do is I'm looking at daylight or or very close to daylight within 10 15 minutes of the tar- my target bucks and marking down wind moon weather and dude you're going to you're going to find a pattern there will be a pattern there um just I can't think of his name but just had a guy message me the other day he's like dude pulled cards drafted all out like you said and he's like dude he's like this buck is literally only hitting daylight on an east wind he's like literally only hitting day and I'm like well I'm like, dude, you know, he's betting somewhere that, that east, you know, that east wind's allowing him to feel safe getting to wherever your camera is. I'm like, you got to figure out now what, what, you know, where that's at, like why that driving factor is there. But I'm telling you, it, it does. Like those patterns will form. They, I mean, and that, and it does work. Patterns kill big deer. Like, I mean, yeah, it takes luck and yeah, it takes some, it takes skill to make a shot, blah, blah, blah. But dude, to get big bucks in front of you, patterns kill big deer. I'm telling you, early season, 
I love it, man. I'm, I'm kind of cringing a little bit because I'm going to probably miss our opener. Oh, no. Because I'm going to be, be well, I can't bitch too much. I, I'm going to be in Idaho chasing bugles, bugles yeah. around. So, I mean, I can't, yeah. like, oh, you know, oh, I feel so bad for myself. I don't feel bad for you, man. It. No, yeah. Clint Casper's life's man. horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, uh, definitely, man, start, start putting together those patterns off of the trail cam picks and guys that are out glassing. And pay attention to the direction those bucks are coming into fields and, and start marking that down with the wind. And I'm telling you, the patterns will form. And, uh, yeah, stuff's going to change when velvet comes off and, and bucks shift and bucks move and new bucks come and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But there will be patterns form. And I mean, you will figure out, you know, what spots these bucks like to use in daylight and where they like to bed. And then it's just a matter of, you know, kind of sort of fine tuning your moves from there. But. Yeah, man, that first week of season, first 10 days, you get a cold front, get the right moon phase. I mean, everybody knows I'm a big moon guy. So, you know, this year is going to be pretty good come that late September, early October, man. There's going to be, uh, and then right around Halloween, right around Halloween's going to be some red moon days. Halloween's oh, dude, my that's... favorite time, man. Oh, that's, yeah, we can't even get going on that right now or I'll be another <laughs> two hours. But yeah, dude, that. Everybody talks about the October law and blah, blah, blah. Dude, that's such bullshit. I think it's I, bullshit too, man. I take, I'll take October all, dude, I'll take October all day long over November. All day. You and me both, brother. Take it all day, but we'll save that for another time. But hey, uh, man, can't yeah. thank for, uh, can't thank you guys enough for having me on. And we will, uh, we will try to divert next time to a few more specific topics. Um, it'll probably, it'll probably just turn into random rambling like this time, but it's, it was fun nonetheless. Hell yeah, man. Dude, thanks so much for coming it. on. Yep. Absolutely, fellas. Appreciate it, my man. Well, a huge thanks again to Clint Casper for coming on the podcast. He is the man. I know we talked for so long and took up so much of his afternoon, but we really appreciate it. Yeah, we really took up his like entire morning and afternoon, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked for a while. It was fun as hell though, man. I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah, we're actually looking to maybe get him back on real soon and try to talk before the season starts. We'll see what we can do with our schedules, but just a little uh teaser that we're gonna try to get him back on and talk whitetails again for, you know, maybe uh another couple hours. Who knows? Yeah, man, I'd be down for that. Absolutely, and he's going to be just getting back also from his hunt out west, chasing muleys in Colorado, so he should have a lot to talk about. Definitely, definitely. Well, everybody, go check out his social media on Facebook, Instagram, all those fun places. You can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Go Wild, Twitter, at the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. Send us a uh, little little review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. We'll send you a sticker. Yeah, we haven't gotten any of those yet, so the stickers are still plentiful. Yeah, we got a bunch of those. And we also have hats available for anybody who still wants a hat. We still have those going on. We got t-shirts still. And, uh, you know, if you just, we, we want to hear from you guys. If you just want to say hi or recommend a guest or something, we're, we're always down for it. Absolutely. And you want to come on and be a guest too. You got to think about that. I mean, we're, we're always taking guys from local areas or anywhere, really. We'll talk to anybody. We said this from the start. We will talk to anybody on this podcast. We don't care. And, uh, you know, pretty soon here, too, we might be coming at you with a new segment that uh, me and Austin are working on, and I think it's going to be super cool. I do, too, man. I'm excited for it. And stay tuned next week as well. Next week's episode is going to be really cool, and there could be a little surprise in that episode, so stay tuned for that one. It's going to be a good or number 50. Number 50. It's the big Philo. We're going big. I like it, man. I like it. All right. Well, you get back to softballing. 
Yeah, I don't want to get hit by a foul ball or anything. I'm going to go ahead and go back to the dugout and drink <laughs> some beer. Attaboy. Well, until next <laughs> week, the distraction is real. The distraction is real.